Greetings and welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers. If you'd like to engage the show, feel free to reach me at bill at miningstockeducation.com. Well, we're getting an update today from one of our sponsors. That is Osino Resources. Website is osinoresources.com. Company trades on the Venture Exchange in Toronto under the ticker OSI and in New York on the OTC under the ticker OSI. IIF. I'm speaking today with the CEO and co-founder Hayadan, as well as Dave Underwood, who is the VP of Exploration. If you need a little background on this story and how the company was founded, uh, Namibia as a mining jurisdiction, please go back and listen to my first interview with Haya. That was in late August of 2019. So gentlemen, welcome to the show. And Haya, if we could start off with you, uh, the share price was about 40 cents Canadian pre-discovery when that was announced in late August. It shot up over a dollar and now it's about 10% to 10% or so above where it was pre-discovery. Could you offer your comments and what you think is going on in the share price action right now? Yeah, thanks um, both. Thank you very much for having us and I'll try my best. You know, there's, of course, my role as a CEO is to look at fundamentals and the share price. And the share price, I have some ideas and some um, views on things, but um, obviously I don't know everything. Um, I mean, the what we all know is that the four-month hold period of the 35-cent financing um, actually ends today. That stock becomes trading today. And it's I think it's a fairly, fairly known um issue that this whole four-month hold system is somewhat um, dysfunctional, I guess, in that um, not the stock tries generally tends to start trading a couple of days before it becomes free. So we saw that happening. You saw from the middle of last week, we started trading big volumes and the share price came down substantially. Um, I don't know who's selling. Um, you know, all I can tell you is I'm surprised by it. Um, I didn't expect it because that last 35 cent round was a very limited round. It had, in fact, 25 names in it. And some of those names had a large part of it, including Ross Beatty. Um, there was Paul Stevens out of California who had a, a very significant part of it. In fact, almost a third of that um, financing. And so I'm surprised at the volume. Um, and yeah, we didn't expect it. It's unfortunate. But I guess it's also a function of the malaise in the overall market in Canada I understand that the cannabis trade has just about fallen over and generally the venture I believe is down just under 20% for the year so I think generally speaking the Canadian market is, is, is suffering and I think we are uh, and, and uh, you know we are part of that too. I'm going to be speaking to Dave in this interview about the geolog geological aspects of what you're doing. But on the corporate side, Haya, is there any other updates that you can share with the market right now? We're doing what we said we would be doing, which is we are in the process of executing that drill program that we press release. So we're probably two thirds or three quarters, two thirds through it. Um, we put some results out, which were good. And we expect more results later this year and then um, the final results sometime in January, probably towards the end of January. And then we'll take a break basically to um, interpret and put it all into perspective and then keep drilling next year. Um, so I think that's in terms of news flow, there'll be bits and pieces in between. But from a corporate perspective, we're very busy in Namibia. We're very active, and our work program is uh, is, is is going along as we planned. At some stage um, next year or, or so, we will look to do a financing. 
but um, uh, you know that's not anytime soon. So um, I guess it's you know in Namibia it's it's business as usual. Thank you very much, Haya. Dave, I'd like you uh, to bring you onto the show, and I was uh, commended uh, regarding you by another mining CEO who said that he invested in Osino Resources specifically because you were leading up the geological exploration. Uh, for people that aren't familiar with you, can you give a little bit about your background as a geologist? Hi, Bill. Thanks. Thanks for that introduction. Yeah, I've been a gold geologist now probably about 25 years, and um, I started in uh, East Africa um, and spent six years full-time on the ground with Anglo Gold, Anglo-American in those days. And um, subsequent to that, went out and did consulting to a bunch of companies, including several years with Newmont and Anglo Gold and a, a whole bunch of other people. And during that time, you know, I've probably seen a couple of hundred deposits and done due diligence and logged hundreds of thousands of meters of core and, you know, I've seen a lot of specifically orogenic gold deposits, probably more than most. So at this stage, I know, I know what I'm looking for. And um, I know what a deposit looks like. Let me put it to you that way. Uh, Haya said to me in our first interview that you guys have experienced more success in this initial drill program at Twin Hills than uh, you expected. Can you talk about how uh, difficult it is to make a discovery and what was your reaction to those initial results? Yeah, well, that's certainly true. Um, if you, you know, all the time that I've been kicking around Africa, um, I've seen very, very few um, brand new discoveries. Most of the time, you know, companies chase after artisanal miners or or try and rebadge things that were discovered a long time ago. And it's been said many times by many smart people that um, if we want to find something big and something new, you're going to have to look um, undercover, something that's never been walked over before, or you're going to have to go to jurisdictions that have never been looked at before. And so, and what we've done here is we've made a significant discovery, completely hidden and undercover. Um, and I think that's why we've been able to do that, because we've taken we've taken the route that other people haven't taken before us. When you compare uh, the Twin Hills discovery uh, analogs, other deposits geologically or developmentally, uh, what can you share with us here? Well, I think, you know, probably through a combination of really good geology and a fair dose of luck, when we did our first drill program, five out of the first seven holes hit really good mineralization. And I think that's something that doesn't happen very often. Um, what we have been doing is um, comparing our discovery with the discovery of the Ochicato gold mine, um, which sits a couple of hundred kilometers along strike in the same rocks. And we've been looking, for example, at their first 20 drill holes and how many hits did they get and how many misses and comparing our success rate with theirs. And um, we, we're doing every bit as well as they did. In fact, we're probably doing slightly better than they did up front. So we are, uh, I would say we're very comfortable with what we've um, achieved so far. And, you know, it's every, let's be honest, it's every exploration geologist's dream to make a discovery. So when you poke seven holes through thick calcrete cover and five of them come back with good mineralization, it's a very exciting day. What further reflections do you have on the phase one drilling that you just uh, concluded here at Twin Hills? Yeah, well, I think, 
in phase one, as I say, five of the seven holes hit mineralization. Um, and I think two things stand out. Um, our first two holes hit very thick mineralization. Uh, one is 148 meters thick and the other is 241 meters thick. These are very unusual numbers for orogenic gold systems. The grade, I mean, the grade of that halo is really low. It's sub one gram, but it's an enormous thickness of, of mineralization we have. Uh, and, the, and then the second, and then within that real, really thick halo, we have, we started picking up some high grade material. So in the fourth hole, we picked out a zone that was contained 31 meters of 2.2 grams. Um, and we have subsequently picked that out in a couple of the holes or hit it again in a couple of later holes. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a high grade shoot within this very large low grade system. And that's how these sedimentary, um, sedimentary hosted gold systems seem to work. That's how Archicotto works. That's how many others work. Um, and we'll be, and we'd expect to pick up more of them as the drilling intensifies. What can you say about phase two and what should investors look to, to determine if this uh, phase two program is successful? So in phase two, we're, we're trying to do two, well, actually three things we want to do with phase two. It was to prove the, um, the continuous nature of the mineralization, find out um, what the continuity is like. So that's really the infill drilling. And that first press release we put out was really the, the first part of that infill drilling. Then we want to do the step out drilling, which will extend the strike length of the ore body that we've discovered. Um, we have 800 meter strike length to date and this and these other holes will take that out to over a kilometer. And then the third thing we wanted to do was test a couple of the other prospects within the Twin Hills cluster at, um, <clears throat> excuse me, at Clouds, Twin Hills West and Barking Dog. Um, and so far we've done um, 30 holes. We've got a 41 holes planned and we've um, completed 30 of them. Um, and yeah, we've received results back for eight so far. So there's a good deal of results to come back. And those results will be before the end of the year, I would expect? Um, not all of them, no. No, the drill program will continue um, to the Christmas break and may actually continue over into early into next year. The reason why it's going to take a little longer than we thought is that we've converted some of the RC holes into diamond holes um, because it's a, it's a complicated system. It's structurally complicated and we need as much information as we can get. So we've decided to use a little more expensive drilling and try and get the best information possible. So we'll continue slightly into next year. So I'd say by the end of January, we'll have all those results back. When the phase two results start to come back and you're analyzing it as the VP of exploration, what would be some just stellar high-grade shoots, uh, grades and intercepts that you'd want to see? You know, the sort of, in, the sort of um, shoots that we want to see would be similar to what we hit in OKD4, in the fourth drill hole in the first phase. So we'd want significant widths in the two to three gram um, range, I would say. Um, these, these sedimentary hosted gold deposits are generally not high grade, but they are generally 
they can become really large, as Haya mentioned, and within them we'll find these higher grade shoots. So yeah, we'd want we'd want more of the same. We'd want big wide intercepts, and then we'd want to discover further high grade shoots, which would be north of two grams over. 20 to 40 meters, let's say. I'm looking at your presentation right now on page nine. There's an overlay of a nearby mine, the Navachab pit, which is a 6 million ounce uh, open pit. Do you just, I know it's early and this is a forward looking statement, but do you still think Twin Hill Centrals has the potential to reach that size of a resource? That's a good question. Um, I think what we, it's too early to say that. Uh, Twin Hill Central definitely has multi-million ounce potential but i think it's not just about twin hill central i think um you know we have the continuation at west we have the the we have the clouds and the barking dog and overall that has potential to be really significant i guess that's really could get us up to that five or six um you know if you look at navachab it's not just one pit navachab is um, several pits which have been mined over the years and that's kind of what we have um, we have it would probably be in uh, several different pits within a very tight cluster and I think also it's um, it's good to remember that Navachab has been in production for 30 years and it's been their discoveries have been incremental their initial discovery I think was 800,000 ounces when they first built the mine it was based on 800,000 ounces now, as you say, it's out to 8 million. So that's real incremental discovery. It's brownfields drilling over the years. With the first pass drilling that has commenced at Twin Hills West, Barking Dog, and Clouds, these uh, separate targets in your land package, um, why did you choose these specific locations to do this drilling? Initially, we, when we did our geochemical work, those areas lit up with our surface geochemistry. Um, we then embarked on a bedrock sampling exercise, just taking a percussion drill rig and drilling through the cowpree to the bedrock and sampling the top of the bedrock on fence lines. Um, those areas then lit up with the bedrock drilling. So that's really homed us in to, the, to those areas. And, and also, as it turns out, as you can see from some of those diagrams, those areas also have uh, are magnetically anomalous. So it's really... Um, it's, it's, it's both factors. It's geochemistry and the magnetics. Dave, as we conclude, um, what more should investors know about the current programs that are occurring right now in your land package? Well, we've, um, we've embarked on significant uh, geochemical sampling um, programs in other parts of our land package, um, which and those results are being released um, as we go. What we're looking to do, you know, we're building a pipeline of, of projects in Namibia. We have a very significant land package and and the Twin Hills is obviously our most um, advanced. But we have then several other licenses where we're, we're doing first pass sampling and then first pass drilling and trying to build this pipeline of projects going forward. So we're looking at a district scale play. This isn't just one deposit that we're developing, although Twin Hills is the central piece right now, but it's actually a massive land package that you're exploring. Well, we the Twin Hills falls into what we call our Karabib district, where we have basically um, staked most of this Karabib basin. Um, and that in itself is a significant land package consisting of about eight or nine licenses. But then we also have two other significant land packages, and we've got a total of 23 licenses spread out over the whole Damara belt. 
So yeah, we have Twin Hills at a, a real camp scale, and then we have that sits within the Caribou District, a gold district, which includes the Novichok gold mine and several other prospects. And then we also have what we might term real greenfields packages further, further apart. Dave, I guess one more thing before you go. Can you talk about the cost of drilling in Namibia and, you know, relative to the cost of drilling relative to the results you're able to present to the market versus other places in the world? Well, I think that we have a really, really big advantage in Namibia is that in general costs are fairly low. And in particular, we're getting RC drilling at the moment for about $40 um, a meter or less. And Diamond drilling, we're paying between $80 and $100 a meter, um, which is significantly less than you'll get elsewhere. For example, to give you an idea, in my last project in West Africa, we were paying $300 um, a meter for diamond drilling. So, yeah, very cheap to operate. Yes, that's one of the best... uh Per dollar, you get the most results as the speculators look at the different uh, gold opportunities. Osino is a gold discovery uh, progressing towards a development play. I am a shareholder. Website again is osinoresources.com. You can find it under the ticker OSI on the TSXV and under the ticker in New York, OSIIF. Dave, I really appreciate you coming on Mining Stock Education and giving us an update. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for listening to this Mining Stock Education podcast. Please subscribe and share with like-minded investors. Visit us on the web at miningstockeducation.com for more resources on precious metals and natural resource investing. At our website, you can also sign up for our free newsletter for interview transcripts, stock picks, and more. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.